Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick, from Pullstring Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick. Ah, good morning, Mark. Patrick, I'd like you to meet Ken Sterling. Ken, welcome. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Staying a little bit wet out there. I know. We've th- thankfully, we've got rain again. I, you know I'm going to give a shout-out to someone who's going to scream at their phone right now. Oh, no. Max and Issa, hello. I met um, I've known them for a long time, but I saw them over the holidays, and they are in love with 805 Conversations, and they binge listen oh, no. as they fly to San Francisco every week. Thanks, Max and Issa. I love that. Yeah. And and what was interesting is they were quoting chapter and verse on various stories. That so, makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> there's anybody out there paying that close of attention. No, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And they said they just really look forward to it. So um, uh, for them, this conversation is just to them. So just kind of picture them uh, in your head, Ken. Hi, folks. <laughs> so, uh, it, Ken, people will listen to this uh, at, at any given time. You know, it might be months and months from now. But I know... Uh, in a week, you are giving a talk at TEDx UCSB. Yes. Tell me about that. It's exciting. My first time on the Red Circle. Nice, nice. Kimberly talks about we we talk at length about the road to the Red Circle. Like yes. What does that look like? What's that been like for you? Well, it's been a long road. Okay. As many paths lead to success yeah. are. Yeah. And uh, it's been a dream of mine for about three years. No kidding. And I was actually scheduled to be on the Red Circle last year, but the event got canceled about two days before. I know, I know. So I was all excited, and I'd worked with Kimberly and had this great speech, which now that I look at was terrible. So (laughs) I think it was a good thing. And have you gone through – what's interesting is that I – in – being in her orbit, if you will, and, and listening to these other speakers, there's these pits and valleys uh, that you go through, and that valley of, oh my God, is my idea good enough, and and do I have it all together, and oh my, and and just kind of a fear because the the onus on doing something amazing, right, is you you put all the stress on yourself. Have you been through that yet, and you're on the other side of it, or is that still in the next couple of days? Well, I was kind of <laughs> over it, but thanks to you, it's, it, now my stomach's a little queasy. Yes, all, of, all everything you describe and more to the power of 10. I want to explain to the listener that at what's, what's ironic about that is that you help run a company that's one of the largest speaker bureaus in the United States called Big Speak, and so you're right with your shoulder to shoulder with your speakers because is the way I understand it you actually are with them when they go into some of these high profile talks right exactly and so do you get that I mean okay let's get this is the so you've got the TED stage is pretty high up there is there what what stages is are above that would you say (laughs) Mm. well it was well someone had said uh, speaking at the White House like, she had an opportunity, sure. one of Kimberly's clients yeah. got a chance to speak at the White House, and then she had the TED stage, like, kind of right there, and I'm, I'm trying to think. 
Well, we'd have to make sure Chris isn't listening. But uh, if Chris, if you're listening, Ted is it. It's the it's the very top. Okay, uh, so let's assume he's not listening okay. to this show. Yes. So uh, I'd say the White House is is pretty up there. You know, speaking with heads of state would be uh, pretty big. I think if you look at someone like Tony Robbins, uh, you know, for right. for whatever you think about Tony, but he packs huge conference centers with thousands and thousands of people. So if you got to be on Tony's stage, because he has, he, he has invites speakers. people all the time. Exactly, right. exactly. So I, th I think that would be pretty big. Uh, definitely some of the large national events, the, the large national conferences, which we do go to and we bring the speakers to, would be big. But Ted's up there. It's, it's definitely, it's an honor to, to be on a TED event. And, uh, you know, it's a discerning kind of process to get the speakers up there. And uh, it's an honor to be chosen. When you're working with, I mean, it's, it's it kind of maybe vector this towards the, the business of speaking, because um, I don't know that most people know that that's a business. Like, you know, there's a whole platform to that. We had um, uh, Jim Cathcart in here. Oh, months ago, and he was one of the original founders of the National Speakers Association, mm. and he lives down in uh, the southern part of the 805. And there are people who make a, a you know, a, quite a good business out of that. If someone was thinking of wanting to do that, what, what are kind of the steps they've got to take? Sure, and there are different levels. So the levels that I'll be discussing would be if if someone were on the big speak roster, right? And Typically, we're looking at speakers. We're an invitation-only bureau, which means that we well, don't. What does that mean? Means we don't have a form on our website that a speaker could do a oh, submission. Oh, uh, got it. We don't accept phone calls. We don't accept emails. We we go out to events. We oh. curate the people, or we're looking for referrals from speakers who we already work with. Oh, okay. So uh, we do get probably uh, ten or fifteen communications a day, either by uh, an email to the general email address or yeah. phone calls. And we're very polite about it, but, you know, thanks for an invitation-only bureau. And, and the reason we do that is because the level of ball that, that we're in is mostly serving the Fortune 1000. Right. So right. the kind of speakers that would appeal to that audience, and a lot of it's about uncertainty reduction. So What? Uncertainty reduction. Okay, so that's, is that our T-shirt for the day? <laughs> uncertainty. Yeah. We, we play, we have a new game for our longtime listeners. We used to play buzzword bingo, and now I play name that T-shirt. Um, so give me that again, because that's a hashtagable. Yeah, uncertainty reduction. Okay, you've got to. And I came up with that, so be sure I get the royalties on that, please. Yeah, you'll get you know, All $12 exactly. are coming your way. So, you know, Mark, you're probably familiar with this, and I know maybe some of the millennial listeners wouldn't be meaningful to them, but there was an expression in corporate America in the 80s and 90s, and that was, you don't get fired for hiring IBM. Right, right. And that's really uncertainty reduction. So we're dealing with Oh, those so risk avoidance. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, just another way of saying Yeah. Got it. So, uh, and with speakers, the things that you need to have for these buyers to make a decision and reduce uncertainty would be, do you have a book? Oh, got it. Do you have video footage? Yeah. Have you been on a TED stage before? That's a uh, big one. Oh, really? Big one. A lot of credibility for TED and even, uh, you know, not to be kind of the elitist, classist, but... Oh, we, no, we no, live no, on no, the coast. Yeah. We're yeah. coastal yeah. elitists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah, 
I, I drove in through Montecito this morning. Oh, didn't Beverly Hills of the uh, American Riviera. Oh, you had to go through it, didn't you? I, I had to go through yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, okay. it, was, it was rough. On yeah. his way um, from CARP. Yeah. 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 Don't, you uh, don't have to out him. Car, carp, is the, carp is the Montecito of Ventura. CARP is the new Montecito, yeah. 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 It's up and coming. I'm not going to go into details. I actually woke up in Montecito this morning. But that's another conversation. So It'll uh, be in your new book. Exactly. That'll be in the So they've got a book, they've got video footage, they've got if you're up on, on the, the TED, TED stage. stage. So in other words, it's not people who've spoken at Rotary and Toastmasters. It's, it's right. people who are a step up. And, and that doesn't mean that I don't love those people and admire them, but my buyers, my clients who are writing the checks, they go to a bio page because I've proposed this speaker and they click on the speaker's bio page and they start reading about them. And then there's a JPEG, there's a little image of the book that they can click on, they can read a review, they can see it on Amazon. Uh, there's a video footage that they can watch. So these are the kind of the basic foundational things that the buyers need to see to make a decision. Sure. Because if they to do reduce that, their uncertainty. Yeah, and it's really a diligence process. So right. that uh, you know, God forbid, you put on an event, and this has never happened in Big Speak history, but God forbid, an event manager puts on an event. You have a thousand people. You've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars just on the venue and the AV and the lighting. These thousand people aren't in their seats making money for the company, right. and then it flops. Yeah. Well, hey, they had a best-selling book. Hey, I used a speakers bureau. Hey, I watched their video footage. Hey, you approved their video footage. So those are the, the things, and these are the things that I explained to our speakers. Hey, we need to get more footage on you. We need to get an update on your book. Mm, we want to change mm, your topics mm, and things like mm. that. So that's the kind of the, the uh, house ante, the table stakes. Yeah. To get in the game, yeah. right? So you've, because um, it's been suggested to me to write a book. Mm. And I was like, I do a podcast. I don't do a book. Book is so, it, you know, do a podcast. We, if you want to know what I think about things, listen to my show. We talk about young bands all the time. So every, every industry, of course, has its, has its credentialing. Credi yeah, the way yeah, to yeah, get yeah, the credentials. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, for young bands these days, it's if you can find somebody to make a vinyl record for you. Not your own, not oh, self-published, but if you can vinyl. make if you can make your own vinyl record, because if you come to a show and there's a vinyl record in the back to buy, one, it's a nice thing to sign. Mm -hmm. Two, it looks good when you hold it up. Um, but that's a legitimizer that mm -hmm. brings you to that next oh. level. And I have several, several friends that are uh, really good. Um, they're in they're in the food world, and yes. you have you have to have a cookbook, even if it sells almost no copies. Doesn't matter. That's the thing that gets you when you lay yeah. it down on the table. Yeah. This right. is the book that somebody else published of yeah. my work. Yeah. It's a legitimizer. It establishes you. It, it's yeah. it's a business card for the for the 21st century. Well, That's right. I've I've heard it called a $10 business card. Sure, there you go. Yeah. 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 Right. It's yeah. like I don't expect you're going to read it. It just it's but, a legitimizer. But think about a $10 business card that somebody else made for you. Like that's that's one of the cruxes in it. It can't be a self-published book. Like that does that does Oh, so no it, so it has to have if it's as not for or random house or Bantam. it has to have a publishing company mm. behind it that supports it. In my my experience, my opinion, I'm not. Do you have a speaking. Do you have a take on that? Yeah, that's accurate. And what we've seen, and some of these speakers are on our roster, and, and they're great speakers. We've seen them self-publish, but it's not published under their name. There is yeah. some kind of uh, handum rouse or you know whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever that that name is that's on yeah. the spine of the book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's so, a good point. Patrick. So I want to extend. So that that's the table stakes. Now, 
I went to a conference. It was an author's conference. If you've ever been conference. married to a president, is very helpful as well. That, that oh definitely my gosh. helps. That's what she got tagged for. That's what Hillary got tagged for, was making these kind of speaker bureau speeches right. for, for major corporations. And they would say, what makes you worth you know a million dollars an hour? Well, I'm, I was married to a president. Yeah. Right. I have books and was married to a president. I'm part of, if you, look, uh, if you look me up, I'm in history. Right. I'm exactly. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. I, I got that. So we, we learned about something larger, which was the, the platform. So if, let's say that, because um, I'm uh, obviously a Tedster, so I think about the idea first, right, mm-hmm. and then a person. So, like, what's the idea that that book is based on, the talks are based on, the, everything is around a point of view? Simon Sinek, it's why, yeah, right? The brand. And yeah, exactly the brand. What, mm-hmm. What's characteristic of that idea? But then the, when we think about a platform, is there a website? Are there seminars? Are there workshops? Are there how, how extensive can that get, or how extensive have you seen that get? E, all of the above. <laughs> so I've seen all kinds of permutations of that. The speakers who tend to do very well for themselves have all of that platform lined up. And it's it's a thought process, it's a strategy. They typically have somebody on their team who's thought all of this out. Hey, we, oh. need, we need a book, we need a website, uh, an LMS, a learning management system. Oh. Where people so can tick those off, because I think sure. there's, there's some people who, who might actually be thinking about doing this. Let's, yeah. So, so they have a website, of course. No, no. For, yeah. First thing, team, he said. Oh, team, right. Team is, uh, team is big. Yes. Let's Get people. Yeah, hashtag people. Have team. someone doing that for yeah. you. There is Got no it. I in team, but there is me. Ooh. Oh. So here's... You shouldn't have told him about the T-shirts. Now he's just oh, all yeah. day long. We're going to have all kinds <laughs> just of Just shooting for T-shirts. Stuff here. Yeah. Here's, here's a good way to start, and you actually said it. It does have to have a great idea. Right. So you could take right. all this process and all this platform and all of this marketing strategy and branding, you could apply it to something that really doesn't fly and doesn't have the substance, and maybe it's going to fly for some bizarre fluke, yeah. but really you've got to have that core idea. And even that's kind of the, the premise of Ted. You know, what's your core idea? What's that thing that's unique about you that only you know that hasn't been shared before? And when you have something like that, that's when you do get the Simons of the world and the yeah. Amy Cuddies of the yeah. world and, yeah. uh, you know, the Robin. I mean, that's really where it comes from is it's something, yes, we know the words, and yes, it kind of appeals to our common sense, but the way they thread that together with this golden thread really encapsulates this amazing nucleus. And from that nucleus, these other things come out. So having the website, having the team. And stay on the idea for a second, because that is, um, you know, Kimberly believes that, you know, everyone has a TED Talk in Mm -hmm. them. But I found it, almost every single person we work with, it takes a while to chip away all the crap to get to the idea because what they think the idea is mm-hmm. <laughs> and what the idea ends up being yep. um, it, it, it's a real journey and I r- they don't have it right when they walk in that's shocking um, just... no uh, <laughs> they... who was it you're our, our art um, expert yeah, sure uh, someone said it was uh, a block a sculpture is a block of marble with all the stuff that's not the sculpture removed 
Mm. Yeah, that's been credited to Michelangelo. Okay, I thought yeah. that was him. Yeah. So it's yeah. so I think it's that same thing. Kimberly is it helps you remove all the stuff that's mm -hmm. not the idea, yeah. and. And again, you, you said it's an idea that no one's had before, that they don't exist. Right. Okay. So the trick is your lens, your life experience, or your 30 years of research, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, presents it in a way that we've not heard. It's new to us, yeah. right, in, in how we do that. So do you, when, when you're working with your speakers, do you do that level of stuff, or they, they kind of bring the package to you? We're working with speakers who are established already. Yeah. So sometimes they've already been on a TED stage. They've already got some clientele in the Fortune 1000 world. You're not breaking them in. We're not breaking them in. Mm -hmm. So we're not developing raw talent. Now, what we do occasionally is if there's a speaker who has a topic that might need a refresh, or if there's a speaker mm -hmm. who we know they're, they're really good at one topic, but we know because we get to know them and we get cozy. Oh, hey, you've been a millennial speaker, but you also know a ton about leadership. We could branch you out. We right, could right. branch you out. We could help right. you develop it. Um, you know, we recently started working with uh, one of the executive team of Netflix, who's a great speaker. And, and, a t and probably a Tedster, because they all go to TED. Um, he's a Tedster, hasn't been up on the main stage yet, and we're, we're kind of working on that. But he originally had a message about kind of uh, innovation and disruptive innovation. But we've helped him develop three other talks mm. that uh, may or may not be TED-type talks, but good for the business audience. How to use big data for decision-making and marketing. Uh, you know, how to build a team and how to build a culture for a team. And then the, the third thing is how to go from an idea to a billion dollars. So those are, those are things that we kind of called out with him uh, sat down in a conference room for a day and a half, really roughed him out, brought in people to help develop the speeches. Oh, that's, that's absolutely something he couldn't do on his own, I bet. Uh, you like, know, you know sure he, he could, but he, he needed that catalyst. To look at it and say, hey, do you know how to make an idea into a billion dollars? And he goes, well, yeah, I did. Oh, oh, would that make a good speech? I exactly. didn't realize that other mm -hmm. people might want to hear that. Yeah, it was, it was very, we started off kind of doing an interview process, very yeah. much like what we're doing today and learning a little bit more and what, is, what are some other things inside of him. Mm -hmm. And as we started discovering those, then we started doing whiteboards. And you and hear it. Blocking and it you're out. like, oh, that's it. That's exactly. it. That's the one, exactly. right? Exactly. And they know it's, it's in. And as soon as you start pulling on that thread, then you're there. Exactly. What's your favorite part of, of doing your job? Mm. Right before I, I stepped into the studio with you, I was on the phone with a job prospect, a candidate that we're looking at onboarding. And uh, I just said, I love my job. I love what I do. Mm. I love being at this company. I love the work that we do in the world. You were selling. I wasn't. It's just how I feel. Oh, uh, okay. And I, I say this, uh, I was in Boston talking to the, the guys who are life is good. They, oh, yeah, right. They've been right. up on the TED stage, John, yep, and, yep. John and Bert. And... Um, they grilled me hard. We're working with them to represent them. And I've never been grilled harder by... Really? Yeah, and they're so casual when you talk to them. But when we stepped into the conference room, big team there, John had his laptop open, and he's asking me these really interesting, like, Google questions, you know, Google interview questions. And at the end, he's like, what are you grateful for? And <laughs> I took a pause, and I said, okay, I know this is going to sound kind of cliche and trite, but I love, and I'm so grateful for 
doing the work that I do. The, probably my favorite part is connecting with people. Sure. But what, what I was talking to this guy this morning about joining the team. I said, hey, I get to meet interesting people. I get to hear and learn about new topics and stay current so I have stuff to talk about at a cocktail party. I get to hit the road. I get to be choosy about the events that I want to go to. So right. next month, I'm going to Orlando for a big conference. We booked Kevin Mitnick, the hacker cybersecurity guy. Oh. And I'm, you know, I'm going to take my fiance and her little six-year-old daughter, and we're going to go to Disney World at the same time. How fun is that? So meet people. So you're hanging with yeah. one percenters, though. Definitely one percenters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, we're back to this elitism thing. It it, it is. You it always is. bring. We, 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 you're making me feel guilty. We've not gone all the way into that. You you drop that one percenter. And I, I always went in the back of my head go, I don't think it means what you think it means. I think you think 1% means uh, the best of the best, beyond the best of the best. You've whittled your list down to the absolute um, super uh, amazing, these people that, that make history and come along once in a lifetime. Yes. Uh, the majority of the world right now believe that the one percenters are the eight people that own over half the wealth in the world. Ah. Uh. The, yeah. one, the one percenters are identified as the elite group of people who are holding on to all of the wealth and are refusing to give it over to the 99%. I don't like those people. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I know that, and maybe that's why I'm bringing this up. Is oh, thank you. I would like you to, to make sure that everybody else knows that that's not, that you mean, you mean people that are so good at everything they do. Yeah, it, um, it actually comes from me being at a Tony Robbins conference. Mm. Interesting. And he, he gave a talk, he talked about... Um, how to show, you control how you show up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And how to, you can control your state. And you only need to be two millimeters better, right? Mm. That's all, just like, and, and uh, that's yeah. sit up straight. Yep. It, just by mm -hmm. sitting up straight, you're two millimeters taller. You're, mm -hmm. and, but you've, con you've, you've focused on your posture, you're up, you're present, you're all of that. <laughs> we all just all sit up, <laughs> right? Push my shoulders but, back. Yeah. But yeah. he, he uh, what I say is, is um, think of all, how many, uh, professional basketball players mm -hmm. there are it's about 600 in the in the nba yeah, league it's yeah, something sure, like that sure. it, uh, someone is yelling at the phone right now saying no it's 732 yeah, and yeah. that's fine feel free to email us with that it, number. please yeah, do yeah. um basketball stats at 805connect.com sure. uh seriously that mail will I get know, to me uh me so that's 600 people in the whole world yeah now how many people are playing basketball a lot. Oh yeah. So how many are playing college ball? It's about twenty thousand that are that made it to college ball, sure. which yeah. is very competitive. We mm -hmm. know in the states. And then how many were playing high school ball, thinking maybe I'll get picked up by the Tar Heels or maybe I'll yeah. get to play at Duke. Uh, and so we think about that winnowing down to six hundred. So now of the six hundred, how, how many, many of those changers? are Kobe or yeah. right. Shaq or whoever? Seven a year. Maybe. The, exactly. You've got, Ex you know, like Kevin Durant, exactly. Steph Curry. So given a choice in life, wouldn't we want to be around that kind of person because they're just going to make us better because we're going to try to just we're going to get something from them. And you know why you're not a millennial? Because, <laughs> okay, tell me. Because <laughs> millennials don't want to be around that person. They want to be that person. No, no. No? No. They what? think they're that person. Oh, <laughs> am I right? Am I yeah. like they yeah. already? And I, yeah. I, you know, I always bag on you for for calling them millennials, but there's a group of people out there right now who uh, 
believe that they are already there and they just can't figure out why the world hasn't recognized it yet. Oh, okay. Well, so maybe it's just a mindset to be a one percenter. That's an entire show. That, yeah. and, and we're looking for guests for that show right now. Just send us a note, one percenters at 805connect.com. Let's, let's use that as, as a, a segue over to um, you being a professor. Yes. Right? And uh, uh, what I love is uh, what, the way you, call, you say you're a hyper-growth company's lecturer. What does that mean? So I teach people how to uh, get hyper growth in their companies. That's not that's that's really kind of what I do. Uh, was that for my LinkedIn profile? I am looking at it right now. I think now. it might be truncated a little bit. <laughs> so interesting. Chief Revenue Officer, hyper growth companies lecturer at UC Santa Barbara. Interesting. Okay, that's a little bit of a typo, but it it still works. Okay. Uh, so, so let's set the record straight yeah, right now. Yeah, so what I do uh, in, the, in the kind of the professional world is I've got Big Speak and yeah. I'm, I'm driving the revenue growth by uh, marketing and sales yeah. leadership along with Barrett, our president. And then what I'm teaching out at UC Santa Barbara is strategy. I've got a strategy class that I teach and a marketing class. And a lot of it's about hyper growth and how you get that hyper growth which is something that a lot of people don't understand yet or they don't know what it takes. Sure, we know the the, the Porter's Harvard models for strategy and, and we know how to grow companies 15 to 20 percent a year. You know, For instance, you take a look at Disney and they require their divisions to grow 15 to 20 percent a year. If they don't, the head of that division goes into a box with a CEO and someone's not coming out at the end of that right. meeting. And right. It ain't going to be the CEO. Right. So people think that's growth. You know, wow, this is amazing. But that's not hyper growth. Hyper growth is growing 30, 40, 50, right. doubling your, your revenues. And it's not just about the numbers. It's about who are the people involved, the team yeah. that you've got to bring in. You know, what are the best practices that you've got to do? Are you in the right? Are you looking at the right market? If you're in the right market, are you looking at the right segment of that market? Are you targeting them correctly? Are you marshalling the resources behind that market to really extract that value of hypergrowth? And why do you find that specific topic so interesting? That's a really good question. I think it's because I have ADHD. Mm. So it just really stimulates me. And it just really, that was kind of a joke, by the way. I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get any laughs. Our I, audience I, is laughing. We just can't good. hear them. I was, okay. I, was just, I was just debating when you said, I'm, I'm like, should I ask the medication question? Maybe I should. <laughs> like, what have you found that works? Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there some kind of like. Just coffee usually helps coffee, feel it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess since we're on a time delay, months in advance, we'll have yeah. to get a time machine to hear the laughter. Yeah. So. <laughs> It, it's appealing to kind of my brain chemistry, but it's appealing because it changes a lot of lives. And if it's done correctly, it, it makes an impact on the world because the kinds of companies that I like to get involved with are making an impact on the world. And uh, you know, the students who are in this program, the technology management program, it's, it's a high achiever program. Right. It's, so it's right. Not, they're not there because they have to be there. Every one of the students self-elects into the program. And it's, the hard, it's really hard to get into. It's really hard. It, I mean, you can go sign up, but it's the classes are super impacted. My uh, strategy class this quarter had uh, initially 40 seats. We expanded that to 50 seats, and I had 24 students on the wait list. Mm. Trying to crash. And What's How do you get off that wait list? You, right now, let's tell the secret. How do you get off that crash wait list and get into the class? What's it take? What could somebody do 
Is there anything somebody could do? There's a joke, and I say slip $100 under the door, but yeah. honestly, I don't even control it. Yeah. That's how busy it is. They've got an office that handles all of it, and there's a lot of prioritization because we've got seniors who are graduating that we're trying to get out. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole kind of backroom uh, methodology to that. So they just have to be persistent. They have to sign up early to kind of get into the classes. So maybe the secret is prioritize the fact that like two, three quarters out, that's the class I need exactly. to take. Don't, Which, don't come to it exactly. day of. And it's having a, a kind of an education strategy plan mm -hmm. and, and really mapping that out. Mm -hmm. Can somebody come to you two quarters in advance and say, hey, I know you're going to be teaching this in two quarters. What, you know, can, we, can we work together to figure out how I can make sure to get on that list? That's a good question. The way that UC is set up, and it's set up to be fair, yeah. and they have what are called pastimes. And the pastimes roll with what your class level is. Are you a senior? Because if you're a senior, you should probably get priority, even if you didn't plan well. Mm. Right. When I was teaching at UCSB, I used to hate that. Is, yeah. when, is when I would have a group of, of people who had, had, had waited yeah. and, and, and failed to kind of like reach me when they should have. It's still going on. Yeah. I remember a poster. Uh, this was actually in a high school counselor's office. And it said, lack of proper planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the great thing for me, and I'm not trying to shirk the responsibility, but all of that's completely out of my hands. So that's good. It, it's good. That's and great. it, it makes it, a, a it's teacher. nice, and I can just be real supportive of the students, and then all that's kind of the, the bureaucratic logistic stuff that's handled by the office. Well, maybe if they just give you a, a room that could hold 75 people, you'd be fine. Exactly, and we've done that before too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love actually in the classroom. The more students, the better. We do a lot of group-based work and mm. project work. So the more kind of energy there is, yeah. and the more yeah. cross-pollination. Really You're not helps. intimidated by a larger group of people. Not at all. Not at all. So we had a guest on the show just recently, John Greathouse. Yeah, no, John Rowell. Who speaks uh, at the program. Uh, he teaches, been teaching there for years. He love loves loves it, and he invited me to be on his first of five uh, distinguished entrepreneurs on a uh, lecture thing. Oh, the speaker series. Yeah, yeah, speaker series. Great. It was this week. Yeah. And it's filmed for UCTV. Mm -hmm. 250,000 people watch that thing. And what's the wardrobe for that? Um, have to really. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wore shoes. Oh, good. Good yeah, idea. I was wearing my Maybe shoes. Maybe not. I don't know. It, but that it was packed. It was 250 people. It was yeah. just absolutely packed. And it was it was very very interesting, mm -hmm. um, and I would have to I would hope that some of those people are listening to this podcast right now. They I know they are oh, because good. they have this thing where you go out an hour early and in a, a boardroom sitting, uh, fifteen students can sign up mm. to meet with you ahead of time at the table. Yes, yeah. eat. Yep, which was kind of. Seems like uh, innovative an interesting education. acronym. Yes, yeah. it was innovative. It was very very good. I enjoyed it, and they said. I said I enjoyed it. He said, well, would you like to come back and do another one? I said, sitting there talking and hearing those kinds of questions from people, from these young millennials that, you know, so so here's, where's the lecture at? Ready. It's in Embarcadero Hall. Yeah. Where's Embarcadero Hall? It's in Isla Vista because this, in Isla Vista, everybody is the a little uh, community right next to uh, UCSB. But it's in the old Bank of America building, which in 1968 was burned down by the students. And so a bullet left the front of a gun and killed a student. But the but the person who was holding the other end of the gun was found innocent. Was that the sheriff on the horse? Uh, I don't. I thought it was a. I thought it was a. 
See, none of us. Now, all of a sudden, See, we're, 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 we're deep so, but, so, but as I But I drove over, and I gave one of the students a ride over, and I said, well, this this is the Bank of America building. This is... Yeah. No no concept. Yeah, no clue. Yeah. No clue. Well, you got to reset that stuff every every three, four years. You know, the entire think, you know, brain brain trust of the of the school just leaves. made me feel old you're not that old i know i'm not but it still did yeah. uh and then there was one adult in the class what uh, does that mean <laughs> adult to me is over <laughs> over 30 okay okay All right. yeah. so there was uh, uh this woman uh in sitting in the back and just unusual because mm-hmm. everybody else is 22 exactly yeah and and i i finish i leave and i go back and our cars were parked next and she goes you were the cook at Kate's school. And I said, yeah. And it hit her halfway through my talk. You mean like 30 years ago? When 30 she was... years ago. Yeah. She was in the summertime. Her parents were had the head office. They ran the head office at Kate. And for summer, she and her girlfriend were the dishwashers oh, in hilarious. my kitchen. And I was like, oh, my God. As it turned out, I had a photograph of me from those days, wow. which I should not published in the show notes and I sent it to her and it was it was it's kind of cool because she's texting her mom during it says oh my god Mark's on stage and mm-hmm. you know all of that so so that was a daguerreotype <clears throat> made on glass it was it was etched by monks and washed with oh, glacier yes, water mm-hmm. yes ex- for, yeah. exactly uh-huh. but I this this idea of of taking something you're really good at and then giving a talk is one way to communicate but being a professor it's a conversation because it's inhale and exhale. It's not exhale only, or right. a talk is exhale only, right? right? And that inhale, exhale. I'm curious, um, how long have you been doing that? Going on my fourth year. And what's your favorite part of that piece? Student evaluations. <laughs> <laughs> there really? Are, no, and there I, don't, are, I, don't, I don't say that. It's uh, not an ego thing. Uh, Actually, I'll tell you my favorite part. Yeah, no, I want about a year and a half later getting an email from a student. Oh, there it is. Yeah, who yeah, says? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I tell him to call me Ken. You know, you know, cut the doctor not crap sensei. and the professor. And I'm I'm definitely not a sensei. You're a sensei. No. But uh, you know, Ken, I just you probably don't remember me. I was in your marketing class or in your strategy class. Uh, I just wanted to let you know, I use the the stuff that we learn right. in class every day. I mentioned it in an interview the other day. It's what got me hired. Huh. Uh, you know, just oh, nice. cool stuff like that. And, and they're rare. You know, out of the, you know, up to now, probably 1,000 or 2,000 students that I've had, I've maybe gotten five of those. Mm. And I don't tell anyone about them, and I don't even save them. But it's just a, it's a nice, I always reply back, you know, great to hear that. But that's really why I do what I do. Because uh, you made a difference. I made a difference, but I also, it touched somebody and it made an impact in their life. So I want to ask on the, the hyper growth, because the, the person who's listening right now, typically they've got a business, they want to start a business, mm-hmm. they're working in business in one form or another. Not everyone gets to enjoy 35% growth. You know, they're not in that kind of company and, and right. that, but they would like to you know, who wouldn't want to be in that? I mean, that's a fun environment to be in. Having been in that, that's really very exciting. What would you say are the three, let's let's say the three things to look for 
in your business today that would prepare you for hypergrowth? Maybe that's the right question. Mm -hmm. What are the three things you need to have going into that? If you don't have these, you're, you're not a candidate for that. I'm going to flip that around a little bit. Okay, great. And that is that it's not going to jump out at you and it's not going to be visible to you. And ah. it doesn't matter if you are a tech company or a gravel company. Any, any business can, I take that back, almost any business can experience hypergrowth. Okay. As long as there's a market, as long as there's people out there willing to write a check for what you've got, okay. then you can grow. As long as you've probably got competitors. So I would look not really within the company, but the first question is, let me look at my market. And how large is my market? So it's market? a robust market. Yeah. Is it, or, or can it be developed? Or can I take what I'm doing in this market, which is small, and can I shift to a different market? So if you go back to Honda, for example, and I know this isn't a mom and pop company, but if you look at Honda back in the 70s, you know, they were huge in Japan, but it's a very limited market. And I actually have a case study. Most of my case studies that I do are very contemporary. We're doing Uber and Amazon and, right. and Tesla. But we start off when we kick off the quarter with this case because it's all about this guy who was kind of a nut and you know doing all kinds of crazy things, the guy who was running Honda at the time. And he had this vision of there's a bunch of people in America and the population's going to explode and they have these you know big motorcycles and I just want to do this little scooter. So he saw a market that wasn't immediately in front of him. So the first thing is, is there a market for what I've got? Okay. If it's not in front of me, if it's not here, is it somewhere else? Can I get to it? So the, the real driver is that motivation from leadership of getting into the market or penetrating a market bigger. The block and tackling pieces of that, of the things that you look for within your team, is you know, do we have a winning team? Do uh -huh. we have a team? Because uh, here's the thing, hyper growth, is very stressful. It's painful, it's stressful, uh, it causes a lot of anxiety for people. It's not sustainable typically. Mm. It's, it's so meaning that it happens in, in, in temporal moments of this, we're gonna do a hyper growth, then we're gonna plateau for a while, and then we might look to do it again. Exactly, and there, you know, there's gonna be exceptions to that. And, and we could look at things like you know, Google and Facebook and Netflix and things like that. But actually, if you go back, when they first started out, you know, Netflix almost, you know, almost worked, almost didn't work for mm -hmm. a number of years. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so you got to really have something that's a sustainable plan so that you don't burn people out. And a team that's going to be able to go through that. Yeah, and a lot of times the team, especially if you've got existing business owners, and this goes kind of back to the good to great Jim Collins model, right. but if you've got an existing business, the team that got you here isn't necessarily the team that's going to get you there. That doesn't mean go fire everybody. It mm -hmm. means have some off-site meetings, bring in some outside experts, really figure out, okay, is this team who did a great job getting us to platform X, are they the ones that can help us get to Y? I just, I mean, as you, as you described it, I just see all of the times I've, I've seen in this, just in, in, in a world where you're just kind of like, well, you just kept that guy, you just kept promoting that guy, huh? Mm -hmm. Like like he right. was way right. out of his, right. out of his right. you know, comfort zone and certainly was great with five people, but not good at 50, right. you know? Well, I talked to, I was at a, there was a tech mixer last night, and there's a, a friend of mine who um, ran a seven, he was CMO for a $700 million company. <clears throat> and I, I've not ever done anything near that. Mm -hmm. and, and he was, he's looking for a new opportunity, and he's talking to, to companies that have run, that are $300 million. He says, 
well, I don't know that you need me. It's like you need right. a different person. It's like, really? I mean, you I can't. Dro- he couldn't drop down to three hundred million. No, it was just no. He was objection. Uh, 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 being very objective with them saying, I'm more than you need. You, you can get someone to do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. $300 million. And it's, it's interesting. We've talked on the show a lot about the stages of growth and what you need and how you get there. And, and I think it's hard for the entrepreneur to hear that you, know, you may not be the one who's going to take it all the way up. Oh, and that's the hardest. So one <laughs> thing is to look at at your team, if you're the boss, the other thing is to look, look at, at you, right? Is it, but this isn't. I'm sorry to cut you off. It, the yeah. speaker bureau. It's yeah. when you're talking to somebody who's who's got a great book and maybe even has a small speaker series, but you're looking at him going, "I can't sell you to a Fortune mm. 1000 place because while you're an excellent writer, you do not make the tape." Right. Yeah, and that, and that does happen. And some speakers they'll call, "Hey, how come you're not booking me more?" And it's it, that's a challenging. <laughs> that's uh, a tough call. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought I'm sorry to go back a bit, but when you when you started mentioning the Honda and, and you're kind of dusting on the um, the story I've always heard with Honda in that it, very in that mm-hmm. same direction was um, they were being compared to uh, I want to say Chevrolet or, or Dodge or something like that, and Dodge wanted to make the best motor in a certain vehicle. Honda wanted to make the best motor in anything, mm. and so they started making. Lawn mowers and mm-hmm. motors, you know, like so. So the, the after the scooter, it's like, oh well, we've got a great scooter, and that's kind of what you were saying about that diversity of like like branch out with right. your, your products. If you've got a great motor, where else can that motor? If you want the hyper growth, it doesn't just have to be in this one kind exactly. of exactly yeah. looking at other things for sure. Well, you talk to um, uh, Elon Musk, and Tesla is a battery company. Happens to have a car wrapped around it. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe this whole a solar thing is batteries. They, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. The solar, yeah. They're, they're, well, they're an energy utility, and how can they get that? Right. Well, this was the the movie founder with uh, with Michael Keaton. Uh, oh, have you seen it? I have. Uh, and there's just a great there's a great moment in it where the guy just sits him down and just says, "Do you even know what business you're in? You're confused." He's like, "Well, I you know I, I sell franchises for you know fast food." And he's like, "No." You're in the real estate business. Oh yeah, mm, right. That was Sambo's. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sam, local yeah. local company. Yeah, yeah. there's real estate. I want to uh, finish with um, you're a columnist mm. for Inc. Magazine. Yeah, that's a new. That's new called burying the lead. Yeah, everybody, yeah. Um, yeah. we should have started with that. Um, and and I'm really interested in um, titles of things, names of things, themes. All of that. Really interested in that. Every time we do a TEDx, we've got to come up with a theme. We've got to come up with a tagline. I'm hideously poor at that, but I but I know it when I hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it's like, oh, that's the one. You know, I, I know that. And I've been through those sessions where you're, you know, it's just it's painful. Everyone who's listening knows how painful that is. But when there's a good one, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. The title of your column for Inc. is. Talk business to me. Ooh. I love that. <laughs> kind That's of sounds a like something else that we probably can't say right here. Yeah. Well, hold yeah. it. This is the free internets, and no one's <laughs> listening anyway. So you could say. So tell me about talk business to me. Yeah, that that's a labor of love, and it took took about a year. Meaning you don't get paid as a writer. That's what labor of love oh, means, no. everybody. Uh, and I'm I'm cool with not not getting paid, but just getting on to be a columnist there. And was I'm that not, hard? It, it was challenging. Uh, we we know Inc. very well because we actually book speakers for their events. Oh. So we know the top brass there. We've been to their offices in New York City down at World Trade. 
and we thought it would be a shoo-in. And we saw, you know, there's tons easy of... Easy money. Easy, easy non-money, but easy, <laughs> you know, easy getting stuff up there. And uh, it took about a year to go through the vetting process. We had no to kidding. submit a plan. We had when you to say we, it's you and your team? Myself and my team, because they helped me. So it's kind of like a research team. So I come up with the ideas. I start roughing them out. I ask my team to kind of pull some things together and find some sources, et cetera. And all this developed as we were un, kind of unfolding the process with huh. Inc. And... Uh, What's interesting is I know tons of people who have columns like John's got one on Forbes. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, this is going to be so easy. You know, just Ken Sterling, PhD, and this, that, and the other thing. No. And they wanted writing samples. They wanted a plan. They want a commitment that we're going to publish X times. It's, it's pretty it's interesting. It's like an actual business. Yeah, it's it's a commitment. Uh, we have a contract and all kinds. Of, and I had to sign all kinds of things. How, about how long, you, you've been doing that for four years. No, that uh, another that started, typo in your LinkedIn. I think that's LinkedIn. a LinkedIn thing. Um, that started recently, probably about six months ago. Excellent. I'm I'm so fascinated with that. Only I love to write, but I don't. I wouldn't want to commit to doing all that. And this podcast is a result of me writing and doing these kind of interviews as blog pieces and mm. newsletters. And then you know they don't read, but mm. people listen. So thankfully, we have a podcast, and, and we can have the same kind of deal. Yeah. And, and our crack research staff, mm -hmm. yes. Do you think they know at, at uh, periodicals like Inc., because they, they, like you're saying, it's not, this is not, that's not where the money is. Mm -hmm. But what it does for you is it, it extends out that footprint uh, of credential that you need for Which for, we started for, with, for, yeah. For other things, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, going back to the kind of the must-haves of speakers yeah. is, is that they've got some presence and it's a credibility piece. It adds to the scholarship around what, who you Definitely. are. So yeah. a lot of our speakers do have columns on ink, yeah. uh, which, again, I thought, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. But, uh, <laughs> that, that's a great, that's a great uh, slogan that I, I would love a generation to, to uh, experience. Uh, j just the, the mistake in, if mm. they can do it, I can do it. Mm. Right. Because I think that that is sold on a regular basis to the American, to the young, to the young people these days, is that, is that it's, it's like, if these guys can do it, you can do it. Right. And it's like, but, but we need to look at, at all of the things they did to do it. It wasn't, right. it wasn't like you're saying, like, well, I just showed up on day one, and I'm a good, I'm a good talker, and why wouldn't I get to do this thing? It's like, yeah. oh, because there's a few more steps. I think that's a, a frequent theme in TED Talks is I over, you know, the hero's journey and I mm. went and did this and I overcame this. The dragon thing showed up. Exactly. I looked him in the eye, stabbed him in the heart and took the princess home. Oh, exactly. You and to. you can do it too, just yeah. in 18 minutes. You can find the cheat codes on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly yeah. what it is. But that's an entire episode there. And as speaking of episodes, we're at the end of this one. Oh, that was fast. Yeah. You didn't even drink all of your water and we're water. boom, just like that. Um, I, it, Max and Issa know, because they listen to the end of the show, that uh, it's at this part in the show when um, I challenge you to um, give a title, again, we've talked about titles, to this episode. So someone's looking at a long list. By the way, this will be officially episode 130. Oh, exciting. Yeah. And uh, they'll, they'll look at those titles, and depending on how intriguing they are, they'll go and listen to that. So mm -hmm. what are we calling this show? I, yeah, come on, you already know it. I do. You don't know it? The title of this show. Oh, God. I mean, maybe you're holding back because of copyright and litigation issues. But this is mm. a quiz. Yeah. 
fame and fortune oh, in the God. 805? No. no. You know what, Professor? <laughs> it's talk business to me. It's talk oh, business to me. I didn't know I could yeah. do that. Yeah, talk business to <laughs> there me. There you go. Yeah. Dot, so, dot, dot. See, exactly. Exactly. Except on Instagram, where, yeah. it, where it actually, the, each dot gives you a different new line. Oh, interesting. Oh, is that an Instagram hack buried in the bottom of the show? It's an Instagram mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. People can find you. It'll be in the show notes, but at bigspeak.com. Where else do you you maintain a a private site where you do stuff or... We've got KenSterling.com. Oh, perfect. Yep. Well, and there you go. And you can find me on social media channels, too. Find you on, on the interwebs. So thank yeah. you so much. I also want to thank California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. If you're interested in partnering with our podcast, hey, drop us a note to partner at 805connect.com. Hey, Patrick. Yeah, Mike. I know you've been thinking about this. Yeah. How could Max and Isa help us right now? Uh, well, you know, first off, you know, look around you. Whoever's on the bus, train, or whatever, accost them a little bit and get them uh, get them subscribed to the show. The best way to do that is uh, to start talking to them. So reach out to your neighbors and friends and say, hey, I've got a podcast you need to listen to. Uh, and then get them, as well as you, to rate, write, review. Give us uh, some stars and some information about what we're doing right. Send Mark a note. Um, I also, I Ken, Ken brought up such a beautiful thing uh, that um, th- there are so few people in this world that actually have their .com. You should you should right. go out there right now and and buy uh, any young person you know their .dot com for them. I have a couple of nieces and nephews that I know. I oh, that's a nice gift for my grandchildren. Get them a .dot get them their .dot com right away because they are going away. And just pay GoDaddy ten years in advance or yeah. twenty years in advance. Whatever, whatever it takes. Seven dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. So um, I would love to hear from you if you've got an idea for a speaker. That's where we get our ideas is from you. Drop me a note, Mark at eight hundred five Connect dot com, and, and thank you in advance. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 